Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Aggie Hewitt. And there's so much information going into our brains right now, I think, from so many different sources. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of like goop adjacent news that came out this week, but I feel like overwhelmed and now I can't think of any of it. Yeah. Like the newsletters are almost beside the point. Well, they've sort of been like that for a while now. Like Um, for a few years. (laughs) But I feel like I've been... Well, also I was out of town until about 10 o'clock last night I had like an eight hour drive and so since then all I've been doing is like reading uh stuff about Jen Gunter stuff about Marianne Williamson and I feel like I'm a PhD student like cramming like cramming I know because Jen Gunter has really been on fire this week I mean she's her book is coming out soon she has I mean because she is doing that like column in the New York Times so she you know she has a very good publicist good reps they are ramping up this book. This is going to be, I think this might be a thing, this book. Um, what do you mean, like successful? Yeah. So I guess let's just start there. Uh, oh, God. So Jen Gunter's book is coming out next month. There was a big profile of Jen Gunter in The, the Cut. Cut. The Cut, which famously also broke the story this week about the Harvard professor who got like scammed by those two women. Oh, no, I didn't read about that. Oh, it was like a really good. Oh, wow. And then it got picked up, I think, by another, by like New York Magazine or something. Oh, yeah. Well, The Cut is part of, they're like the the like women focused vertical of uh new york magazine oh thank you new york magazine so, yeah <laughs> um, but nice. they they've been i mean they've been sort of frenemies with gwyneth for a long time because they they i forget they talked about something and then gwyneth said she claimed to not know what the cut was well i mean i wouldn't be surprised if she i like i clearly didn't know what it was yeah but it's like uh i mean it's like jezebel it's, but a little more fashiony focused it's I guess. new york magazine for women yes exactly okay great um, so there's a big... How pro- dare Gwyneth not know what the New York <laughs> Magazine for Women is? It says, Jen Gunter will tell you the truth about your vagina. And uh, it has, I mean, a great picture. It's a picture of Jen Gunter in her sort of wine-colored leather jacket. Yeah, she's looking cool. As, she looks like fucking Danny Zuko. <laughs> yeah, on totally. a, like, sitting on She's the- like a pink lady and a T-bird combined. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for, for us, like we know most of this stuff, but it introduces her and how her, I mean, it does talk about how her career has risen 
in tandem with her the controversy with Goop. Give which me she a claims fucking, to not. This is on my it, list. Yeah. This is on my list because Jen, say what you will about Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow, but if you didn't come for them and their fucking yoni eggs or whatever, no one would know who you are. Yeah, that was when her life changed, was the day that the yoni egg thing was published and she, I guess, tweeted about it. Yeah. Or blogged about it. Like, I understand that there's, like, a world of skeptics that go and, like, that's sort of, like, self-sustaining and they travel together and go to various conventions and, like, write new thing pieces for one another. But this brought her into the mainstream and she has to be aware of it and I'll just jump ahead and tell you all that this is my craziest because this claim for someone who's such a fucking skeptic I would call this an outlandish claim that you didn't that Jen Gunter didn't build her brand on dissing goop no yeah that is obviously we were here we were all here we were here baby and also we don't care I mean clearly that's what we do as well except for we're not entirely no. anti. We're no. more pro than anti. And I think probably because of our centrist down the middle. Yes, we're, not we're the, the Joe Biden <laughs> of um, of goop commentary, and we're not getting the publicity. We don't have a book deal. We don't have a. But we cut should. We should talk a biography. About... The unauthorized biography of Gwyneth Paltrow's oh, yeah. public life that we <laughs> desert we <should> be... <laughs> from like page six articles. We should be like Kitty Kelly, but with Gwyneth, and yeah, a little, and yeah. less research because obviously. Easy. Even doing like a few minutes of research is too much for our brain. We're both completely having a meltdown. And by research, we literally just mean Googling. Reading articles. Yeah. And skimming, really. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's tough. It's too, these these are too long to really, I mean. The newsletters are too long for yeah. us. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Um, oh, I love that the the author does say that she, uh, they, she he com- or she compares Jen Gunter to Dr. Ruth and Dr. Oz and saying she is maybe the celebrity doctor of our time. Um, because she's railing against, you know, new age stuff and, and wellness Gunter, and fake news. So, watch out. Yeah. <laughs> now she's going to see how it goes down. So she's like the new skeptical Dr. Oz. Yeah, which I do think, like, that's fine. Like, I think we need one in our society. It makes sense for yeah. there to be one. Totally, because Dr. Oz is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, But, okay, so here's the thing. Like, Dr. Oz is very photogenic and very telegenic. We have I think to... he looks like he's gonna kill you. Like well, he looks he... like a he looks like a guy from like the first act of a lifetime movie where like the mom starts dating someone who seems nice and then like he turns out to be like a complete serial killer psycho. Sure, no, he that's seems his vibe. Very evil, but he has like an ease about him on TV. He has a smoothness and I have charisma. Yet... A charisma, yeah, perhaps. I have yet to see that. Jen, I mean, we'll see because she's coming out with her CBC uh, web series that maybe we'll watch. We'll see if she has what it takes um, to be a television personality. But I don't know. I do think that that's good. I feel like if someone is a doctor and they are involved with like new age thought or anything like alternative, that's a red flag. I mean, yeah, well, that's literally everyone that Goop talks to. Uh yeah, but I think like you shouldn't you shouldn't be do you shouldn't be a doctor who does that. You can be like a philosopher sure. or a spiritual leader. Yeah, no, that's the thing with Gunter, and we've said this before. Like I I agree with her philosophically, or at least I'm glad that she's part of the conversation. It's just her tactics and her refusal to like admit that her success is directly uh, a result of her going after Goop is like infuriating. 
Yeah, it is infuriating. Um, well, it's annoying. Yeah, okay, yeah. Infuriating is maybe too maybe strong. Maybe too word. strong. But good for her. We need lots of voices in the discourse. I think she... Because there's a lot of shit that people have to wade through, and especially, you know, women with different, like, issues. They're, they're getting advice from all corners of the world, and she's there to sift out the, the wheat from the chaff. That's right. Um, the other, oh, God, big like internet hole I went in last night and I'm sorry I like did not prepare you when I walked in yeah you just walked in and you were like I read all these articles from 92 and I was like can I read them what are you talking about I was because okay so yeah I got home last night I went on Twitter and on Twitter uh a lot of I didn't even follow this guy but a lot of people that I follow like this tweet and I read it and it's by um a Twitter handle s guy bray s-g-u-y-b-r-a-y and he tweeted I'm a gay man who lived through the AIDS crisis, and I remember how vile and wretched, how oh how vile that wretched Williamson person was. Seeing young gays make her into some kind of camp icon fills me with fury and despair. But mostly, it just makes me so fucking tired. And I thought, oh shit, you're talking to me. Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, oh god. I and I, you know, we've talked a little bit about her like past as. Um, like an AIDS activist and and starting Project Angel Share and her Angel con- Food Angel Food sorry her controversies uh, but I didn't I didn't know that much about it so I like went down and a couple people you know a lot of other sort of older gay guys who are on Twitter um, agreed with this man and a couple people linked to different articles and I eventually found myself on the LA Times website reading a big cover story I don't know what it was the cover of maybe like the lifestyle lifestyle section, but it was called, it was from February 16th, 1992. The power, the glory, the glitz Marianne Williamson an ex nightclub singer has attracted many in Hollywood with her blend of new time religion and self-help and alienated more than a few. And it was this big expose on the then new Marianne Williamson phenomenon. Uh, so you <laughs> read it a little bit. Well, I was just like, oh, send it to me. And I read it. But I didn't get that much from. So I didn't read that after reading this tweet. I mean, so I think I kind of got in a different context than you did. Obviously, anybody who's like a gay man who lived through the AIDS epidemic in the 90s is like the person that we should listen to first and like hear their experience. And um, I think when you talk to gay men from that generation, it's terrifying when you hear the real terror and horror in their voices still because of what they went through and um, the entire world completely turned their backs on them. Not, I mean, the government turned their backs on yeah. them, like the medical. Most of their families, any religion and that also they were part of. Any mainstream religion, right. Mm. So, like, it was clearly a horrible time, and I think that um, people who lived through that, like, I, if they can share that story, like, we should definitely listen, because we shouldn't forget that, that history, or, like, that, that horrible time in America. Yeah, and, I mean, a, a lot of that history, because so many gay men of that generation have died, like, we don't, we don't hear that history very often. Right. Um people that live through it especially in big cities because most uh 
out gay men had you know were living in big cities like LA, New York, San Francisco, and those cities were those communities were hit the hardest by AIDS. And so this article in the LA Times sort of it doesn't it 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 doesn't really take a side saying Marianne Williamson is horrible, but it it gives her a context of of where she was, where LA was in the early nineties, yeah. and what role she had, and her sort of um mixing in the big celebrity culture and befriending i mean she the article starts she's at this dating auction uh getting auctioned off hosted by gary marshall um and you know talks about she just officiated elizabeth taylor's wedding um she's you know friends with laura dern linda blair uh tommy toon anthony perkins all these people and then it goes into her AIDS activism and how she sort of started lecturing at what's it called? The Philosophical Society. Yeah, there's this built, which is so crazy because I've never read anything about it. I've driven past it a million times and been like, what the hell is that fucking building? It's on Los Feliz Boulevard near like the fountain. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, and she started lecturing there after moving so it talks about her early life she's from texas she moved to new york we all know this she was like a nightclub singer a very emotional person Uh, friends of her said she was like an italian actress with her emotions like just constantly bursting into tears and having boyfriends and and like it's just emotions tears boyfriends move along marianne (laughs) well just like she's a yeah sort of dramatic person she's dramatic she's emotional um and then she's italian but she's not she's she's actually jewish Jewish. and she found you know course in miracles it changed her life she moved to la Uh, this article is funny it talks about her thick texas accent it's um, a thick accent. But it's not Texan. Like nowadays, she doesn't sound like a Texan at all. I think I when I texted you, I was like, I don't know her accent. It's like Southern or something. Weird. Yeah. To me, she sounds like a like a New England uh, like trained actress. I think it sounds Southern. Huh. All right. Um, but she was wearing cowboy boots and jeans. And she had this like um, just sort of Southern yeah, mentality. Uh, and people were enamored with her. She was like super charismatic and she started um, lecturing at the Philosophical Society right sort of when the AIDS epidemic started in Los Angeles. And so a lot of the people that were drawn to her were gay men suffering from AIDS. And so then um, she started talking uh, about her, you know, her spiritual philosophies of how uh, you know, disease isn't real, health isn't real, nothing's real except for God. And um, she talked about how uh, dying is actually a transition to another plane. Um, and she claimed that people who attend support groups who have been diagnosed with a life-challenging illness live an average twice as long after diagnosis as people who don't. And so it quotes uh, some gay men that her her accolades uh a guy says i love marianne so much aids is just a word and i'm going to go roller skating tonight so part of me is like yes these people have been abandoned by everyone in their lives and society and religion and everything and here's someone saying uh you still are alive you can live your life have fun don't think about it i'm probably not expressing myself as eloquently as Marianne does, but it was a comfort, like a palliative uh, cure, similar to like how Mother Teresa had comforted the dying in Calcutta. And she never, according to this article, and I've never seen any quote of her saying specifically that AIDS patients should not take their medicine. So that is something that some people believe that she said, but I've seen no proof of that. But I could see how 
if you if your whole community and your friend group is dying and you have some people that are congregating and 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 following this woman who talks about um the spiritual nature of of life rather than the nuts and bolts of you should go to the doctor every week take your azt let's try to live as long as possible um i could see how you would be alienated from them and um and be be scared that this woman is is uh teaching your friends to not do things that are best for their health and their body so i guess uh. okay i see to me when there's a like section of the population that's being completely alienated um and that's in desperate need of help like aids patients were in the 80s and 90s there is a vac there's a dangerous vacuum that gets created where anybody can step in and people with a lot of like charis- charisma and dark ulterior motives might be able to get like some traction um cult leaders could definitely get traction in a group like like in a time like that or in a place like that or medical quacks i mean they have no problem getting that traction with i mean the most affluent societies like you know like goop is a perfect example like there are people in goop who have that sort of traction with super wealthy healthy rich like the very high like the people at the top of society fall for it too yeah so when people are like desperate for their lives i think that it's totally one of it like and someone comes in with like a new spiritual idea that's someone you should be incredibly skeptical of um also i feel like I know the skeptical like the skeptics have been out for Marianne this week like they got like they finally caught wind that Marianne is out there she's crazy and they want to make it known like Marianne is dangerous Marianne is bad I have read a lot of tweets and stuff about her this week I haven't found anything where she's been anti-vax and I also feel like um counseling someone spiritually and saying that death is a transition i to me that's not the same as saying just don't take your medicine and die no it's not yeah i i think and i think it's like the sort of cult of personality and yeah like i don't know that she ever said that but i think being in that group with a ton of other people that are going through the same things as you and i could see you're going to meetings marianne's telling you death is a transition and then maybe your friend next to you who's dying is like oh you know what i stopped taking my azt like i'm just uh i'm just gonna accept what comes and and live my life and that sort of but wouldn't that be their choice yeah no it is it's complicated it's not it's not like she's telling people exactly what to do but i think she's creating an atmosphere uh for people and again like it is your choice like you're you're the one who's dealing with this disease so and it's the same with cancer patients like some people don't want to do chemo and of course it's your choice um but i think I could see the other side of gay men who have dealt with this, who did. And obviously these are the ones that are still alive today. Uh, either, I don't know, you know, the the guy whose tweet I read, I don't know his, his HIV status, but the people that did sort of take care of themselves um, 
from a medical perspective are the ones who are living today and well a lot of people help like did everything their doctor said and, and so, didn't die yeah. and didn't live um i feel like creating a I, I feel like as the the role of a spiritual leader is to like try to make people feel better mm-hmm. in their situation, not to provide people with medical advice. Yeah. And so that's why I don't look at her the same way I look at like Gundry or Will Cole or like the people who are like, I'm a doctor and I'm going to tell you what the best thing to do is. And you need to question everything that your real doctor is telling you and listen to me and do my diet and buy my book and buy my supplements and do all this shit versus somebody like her who's not claiming to be a doctor not claiming to have medical advice and is giving spiritual advice based on a text that she read of somebody else's but i think people can confuse that spiritual advice with medical advice when she says you know angels in darth vader suits right it's a metaphor to people but if you're if you're very vulnerable you could see that as 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 literal reality and i mean i guess but like couldn't you say that about any religion yeah yeah I think because she was specifically, I don't know about targeting or just sort of by happenstance living in a place where the AIDS epidemic was was really horrible. But um, at, this, at this time, a lot of her followers were gay men living with AIDS. And so this is what she was talking about. It was Well, like, mainstream religion was in a safe place also. Yeah. I mean, like they, I mean, in a lot of Christian churches, I'm sure their very existence was called into question. And I'm sure that there was a lot of, like and people weren't helping no. AIDS patients like the president was against them the churches were against them mainstream america was against them like there was nowhere to go like there was no who was providing spiritual comfort for these people yeah just... i mean i'm sure there were good pastors and rabbis sure. i'm sure that not everybody had that experience and again like if somebody felt like targeted by her manipulated by her um that's a totally valid like i would definitely want to hear that that person's experience um i guess i I think when you when you have that big of a following of vulnerable people you can sort of do both at least like you can focus on the spiritual side and and give comfort to people that way but maybe also in your uh like lecture halls have have free aids tests or have uh try to you know have people get medicine and have doctors there i don't know like someone with that amount of influence could hopefully do do both things also like lectures at the philosophical center on los Feliz or whatever i mean i don't know she wasn't like jerry falwell like she wasn't like selling out arenas no uh, but she did have, you know, Project Angel Food and was delivering food to... So it it seems like she was uh, guiding people spiritually to the detriment of, of medicine. And, like, I know that those are two different things. But how was she doing that? By focusing on... Uh, on the emotional and spiritual components of the disease... And not also talking about the medical facts. And I think for people, for that vulnerable of a population, you do have a responsibility to do both. Yeah, but like, even if you are a spiritual leader. But is like, there are a lot of people who are like, there were clinics and stuff where people were like, these are the facts. Like, there were doctors who said these are the facts. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not your job as a spiritual leader to also practice medicine. I think you should not do that. I don't know. I think when when people are literally when there's like an epidemic, people are dying, your congregants are dying because of a virus, a scientifically proven virus. You have a resp- and I'm not saying you should uh, be a medical doctor or they should be a medical doctor, but like you should, I don't know, team up with someone or have some, uh, some component of your sermons that talk, talk about getting medical help as well as the spiritual solutions that she was espousing. Like, I think that a responsible, someone who's living in the reality of this world should be able to at least pay some lip service to doing both of those things. And it seems like a lot of people feel like whether she was saying it explicitly or not, her lectures and her philosophy were contributing to people not taking care of themselves. But I just haven't heard anybody say like, I didn't take, like I, I know some people died because they, they believed she was saying, don't take care of yourself and just live and just don't fear death and just die. I've never, I don't. Well, that's what this guy was saying on Twitter. Well, he didn't say that. He, well, he didn't say that explicitly. But uh, like what, what, he didn't say that. I don't know. Um, I mean, I can understand not trusting her and stuff and I can understand not liking her, but I just don't see, I don't think that exact scenario necessarily happened. And I haven't heard that somebody saying that happened. And also I don't know that... I think that there's also a bad component. Like, I also don't know that a spiritual leader should be too intertwined with science. I don't know that that's a, a necessary component for a philosophical or like a spiritual leader to me. Even if the even if you're pop, even if the people you're talking to are sick, if you're focusing on helping people feel better and doing charity. I think that's like, I think that's okay. I don't think that I, I I don't know. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. And I think that's what she would say. I, I don't know. I, and you're right. Like I haven't, I mean, maybe I could do a little bit more research and find people that did, that do say, Oh, my friends literally died because they stopped taking. But I don't know that, but you don't know that you could find that. Uh, I feel like I have read that, but I can't say, I don't, I don't have sources right in front of me. So I don't, I can't say that for sure. Because that would be like a big deal. If somebody was like, I know someone who died because of Marianne Williamson. Yeah. Well, okay. So for next week, I'll do a little research and find those quotes because I, mean, I know I've read them. Like there's, I mean, a lot of people have, a lot of people in the gay community from that time have like very strong feelings against her. Uh, and I was reading all this last night, but. Because I just feel like that's a really big deal if, like, people were dying because of her. But I think that's true of any sort of religion, like, uh, Christian science. Like, I don't think it's that anyone who uh, becomes enamored with a certain religion that espouses, you know, spiritual growth over, over, over like, medicine, people are going to be hurt. But where die. does she... I don't think she says spiritual growth over medicine. I think that's just what her focus is is spiritual growth and not medicine. But I don't think that means she likes spirit, like the Christian church are they, or like the Jewish church or whatever temple that's embarrassing. Cause I'm Jewish, whatever it's called Judaism. Like, are they anti-science by just cause they exist? 
No, but I think it's different when you have a charismatic leader who is who is espousing her own uh, her own beliefs, and it's it's not like a large structured religion. I, I think that, I think it's just a different thing. Like it's a cult of personality, and people obviously were sort of worshiping her uh, in a way that people thought were harmful. And again, like I. I feel like I've read that specific people say that she contributed to the death of AIDS patients, but I am not a hundred percent positive. So I do want to look more at that. Yeah. Cause um, that's like, I mean, yeah, but I think yeah, people blame, I mean, people blame, I don't think that's that weird of a thing to like blame someone's religion for them not getting help. Like, you know, Jean Harlow died because she had, uh, you know, uh, sepsis and her mom was a Christian scientist and so she didn't get help and so she died. Like, it's... That happens. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'll do a little more research and I'm not... Again, I don't know. We're all just learning about her now. But it is interesting to me, like, the amount of vitriol she has, uh, people have towards her that n- knew about her in the 90s was surprising because I, I didn't think she was honestly that big of a deal and i guess for a little while well, she was like on oprah was, yeah. and everything but i think this was before this was like a, a specifically la phenomenon and like in these communities she was she was always there yeah um, and, and this weird sort of dichotomy between the most vulnerable people and then you know constantly hobnobbing with these celebrities at the same time it's just very strange yeah that's all um all right Let's move on. Okay, let's get into what, it. Uh, and you said you, there was a Gwyneth Gwyneth news, or is it just the 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 new podcast? Should we talk? Oh yeah. About that? Well, that's all on my list too, so okay. we can just get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right. What was your best of the week? My best of the week was what is new and great in LA that because was your best? there was a place that I don't even remember what it's called that's like walking distance to my house on Hillhurst, and it's like a little um, like coffee shoppy thing uh and it's new well according the article is called new and great in la so i would guess it's new that was my problem with this article is because most of the things were and i feel like they've done this before uh most of the things on this list were not new i like, know hotel covell not new yeah but oh yeah all it's called all time oh yeah i did see that and i, I hadn't recognized this so where that one is, is it um it's on oh it's like uh a couple yeah a pl- couple blocks down from little doms i guess um, all time maybe that is new i don't know but these are it th- just it just links to the restaurant guide to los angeles and it starts in the a's so you just see they just picked the first the one first they saw and they were like mm, this one um yeah and bars yeah bar stella is not new i don't know they should just say oh this is a link to our los angeles guide because I don't think they're doing much extra work. No, I don't. But think I'm glad so that we found we found something. Yeah. Um, What's yours best? So my best was the article called "How to Rediscover Joy and Eliminate." Oh yeah, joys. this was good. Yeah. So I I don't know. I just this really spoke to me. This is um a Brooklyn-based designer and writer Ingrid Fettel Lee wants to know. Uh, these are uh, 
simple pleasures that she wants to you to know about in her workshops. And she wrote a book called Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness. And it's just a little Q&A about how, you know, no matter what is going on in your life, you should try to find time to be joyful. And that a lot of adults even sort of forget the, like the physical experience of, of joy and that we maybe need to do some work in order to, to experience that childlike joy again. And I don't know, I spent this week with my two-year-old nephew who's constantly veering between absolute joy and, and then just terror. Terror, and like, nightmare. Yeah. So yeah. it's like a constant uh, extreme emotions. Um, but just looking at his, yeah, smile when he's happy, he's like, oh, fuck, like, I, I don't smile that way anymore. Oh, well, it's, it's like, I don't think, like, the muscles in your face no. won't, like, are too rigid now. Um, so she says, uh, people, someone asks, someone at Goop asks, why do we overlook joy in our lives? She says, we often use the words joy and happiness interchangeably, but they're two different things. Happiness measures how good we feel over time, whereas joy measures how good we feel in the moment. Um, what does it mean to rediscover joy? Because we associate joy with childhood or things that are childish, there's a cultural bias that equates those two things. We let go of joy as we get older. We feel pressured to put it aside. This can lead to us. This can lead us to feel at moments in our adult lives that we've taught, lost touch with joy. Um, and, you know, everyone is very busy and everyone has, you know, money problems, career problems, relationship problems. It's like there's a constant barrage on us uh, of just life. And um, it can be easy to forget to take a few moments to experience joy. So she, let's see, yeah, three common barriers, blah, blah, blah. And common forces that diminish joy in people's lives. And then she has like a couple, I don't, she doesn't really answer the questions. I guess we have to buy the book, but she talks about, you know, maybe on your next vacation, you want to make sure to go to a place where you're making contact with nature, which is like obvious or, uh, yeah. Being outdoors, blah, blah, blah. I guess it's take drugs, take drugs. Sure. It's literally the only way to be happy. I don't know. I'm like, I've taken a lot of drugs in my life and it is true that they are not the answer. I know that's a pretty, uh, except marijuana. I don't know. It's fine though. It's good for you. Sure. I feel like all of that stuff is is a crutch to some extent. And, you know, some drugs are more dangerous than others. But uh, just take drugs that aren't going to kill you or that you get prescribed from your doctor. Sure. Okay. <laughs> good. Or, yeah, just think of those angels in Darth Vader suits. It's no, all don't think about them. Yeah. Um, That's AIDS, Brian. Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah. So take drugs as Aggie said, or go to nature as this lady says, or yeah. Um, just take a few moments, try to not worry about things and find a way to experience joy. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's hard guys. It's hard. Yeah. But I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciated that article. Um, what was your worst? My worst was myself. No, no. Because, I haven't listened to Inside the Beauty Closet yet. Oh, okay. I listened to it this morning. And I really meant to because, you know, I, at this point, I have listened to an episode of Will Cole and Seamus's fucking Goop Fellas podcast, but I have not listened to Gene and Megan, which is like, that just feels like a betrayal of myself. You'll, you'll listen to it. I mean, Gene and Megan are our two favorite goop employees like they have Hands been down yeah. they're the only good ones yeah. honestly so i uh i forget was one of well i didn't know about this one of our um listeners instagrammed us to tell us about the podcast and then i was like oh shit it's ha coming out and then it was out and then, and it was, then out. it was like oh shit yeah 
And then uh, it was like, oh, God, fuck. I don't want to listen to this. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing. Okay, so we love Gene and Megan. And we both, you know, we're we're both veteran podcasters and new podcasters. Both of us have... Oh, I yeah. listen. I listen to the experts. It's oh, thank you. So good. Oh I'm my so god. Excited for the next episode. Thank you, um, guys. Listen to. Oh, the I experts. didn't put the put it on the feed. I'm gonna put yeah. it on our feed so you guys can hear it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like we know, you know, it takes a while to get into the groove of a podcast, and so I'm not expecting miracles from Gina and Megan's first episode out. I mean, I'm not expecting miracles, but I am expecting them to, to have like some level of competence just because like they work for a major yeah. whatever the fuck goop is business thing, totally. store, catalog, magazine thing. Um, not quite sure what to call it. Well, yeah. And that's what their podcast is. Obviously, it's going to be about beauty. I guess there'll be an interview every week. Like that's the problem with these goop podcasts is all of them have fucking interviews. I don't want interviews all the time. Well, the people that they're talking to aren't that interesting. No, that's a problem. Um, and this, of course, the first episode of the Beauty Closet had Gwyneth on as the guest. Was it the first Goop Fellas had Gwyneth on or no? Um, I don't think so. I don't, I think, don't think she would waste her time yeah. with those losers. So they talk about Gwyneth's relationship to beauty products. And Gwyneth goes in. She goes into the whole thing that she always goes into about, uh, you know, I was an I never like wore makeup when I was a kid. I was a tomboy. I was on the beach in Santa Monica. I was wearing tie dye, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she has some interesting stuff that she talks about, about aging and how, you know, when you're sort of objectified and considered like so desirable for so long, what happens when you're not considered like fuckable anymore? This, these are her words. Um, so she's pretty honest, but a lot of it is like, if you, if you know Gwyneth or have read her interviews, there's nothing really new here. Um, the only I got a couple good tidbits though. Oh, one thing that was very funny is they're talking about like hair blowouts and like straighteners and stuff. And Gwyneth says something about like and I'm probably not gonna explain this correctly, but if you have a blowout and you don't you don't let your hair dry naturally, but you put a little straightener on the bottom, it's called the kitchen. And no one had heard that term before. And then Gwyneth says, That's what all my black friends say. And then Megan responds, I don't know that term. And Gwyneth responds to her saying, get with it. <laughs> so I thought that was sort of funny. Wow. She's yeah. she's a bold one. Yeah, she's a bold one. And then she talks about how Christy Turlington was the person who turned her on to face oil for the first time. Because like back in the day, no one, everyone was like, you, you wouldn't put oil on your face. That would just cause zits. And Christy Turlington, I guess, was the first person to like put oil on their she's face. She's like, do you put oil on your yeah, face. Yeah. And Gwyneth listened to her and then. The rest is history. Wow. So. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Those are some good good tidbits. See, I, that's why you got to listen to the beauty. But it's like if if it's not going to be Gwyneth Paltrow, I don't know. Yeah. I just want it to be them talking. I know. Like, exactly. It should be like this where they're like, what's your best thing this week? And they're like, I like this thing. Totally. Because we, we love. What sucks? Gina oh, I hate this. It should be like this exact format. Because they're just going to. It's just going to be people that are selling stuff on goop every week. It's just going to be Tata Harper will be Which on. is like so Dr. cynical, Strum, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's get just, yeah. real guys. Everybody so, at goop needs to get real. Get Stop real. trying to sell stuff and just like crack open your soul and <laughs> leave it on the page. And then at the end they have, uh, they do an ask me anything. I don't even remember what it was. It was ask Gwyneth. No, ask Jean and Megan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause usually Gwyneth does that. Ask me anything on the, regular. Oh, on the regular one. Yeah. But this is, I don't think Gwyneth is going to be involved in this for much longer. I think it's going to be Jean and Megan's baby. So I, I have faith that they'll turn it into something good. Okay, good. I was about to ask you something that was like a non-sequitur, but I'm going to skip it. Why? No, you have to ask me. Do you ever watch TikTok? 
No, I'm too old. You're not. Okay. You need to get on it. I'll tell you what. I listened to a Slate podcast about TikTok, which really tells you how old I am, but I have not actually gone on TikTok. I heard about it because like my friends were talking about it. Your friends that are older than me. Okay. Interesting. But they were talking about it in the sense of like, can you believe this newfangled new technology? But apparently for teens, it's over anyway. Like it was cool six months ago. I was up until like 4 a.m. on TikTok. Oh my God. You, once you start with it, you can't stop. I'm exhausted right now. I just got into Instagram. I'm like... Yeah, you're yeah, fucked. I'm fucked. I can't. I can't add another thing to my life when I'm trying to like manifest five minutes of fucking joy every day. Well, you would manifest a lot of joy if you just use TikTok. Okay. Use TikTok. Smoke more weed. Anything else? Believe in Marianne. Believe in Marianne Williamson. All right. And do... And listen to the Goop podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll listen to another episode, but I like we, I mean, you guys know we are not completists when it comes to any of these podcasts. So we're I not, can't listen to a single yeah. one of them. My attention span is so sm- short now. Yeah. No. That's like all I can handle are like 30 seconds or not even. They're like five seconds TikToks. long. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What is to become of Last us? Last night I read literally, I read half a page six article and then just went on TikTok until my phone died. <laughs> oh my god that's crazy i okay. couldn't do it oh uh all right so my my worst was that what's new and great in los angeles guide because it wasn't new nothing was new except for that one coffee shop i well it's okay we didn't know um just just say oh this is the la travel guide we're linking to it be honest guys you're not nothing's new so just chill that's all i have to say I mean, is that place in Los Feliz new? I think it is because I we would have heard it. One of us had, would have been there. It has to have been new. It has to be new. I mean, I've never seen it before and it's cute. Maybe it's all a prank and it's not real. It's, it's like um, Nathan Fielder. <laughs> yeah, the Nathan Fielder. It's like Goop is trying to get into like prank show comedy. Maybe. Uh, what is your craziest or saddest? Oh, My craziest is Jen pretending oh, that yeah, she yeah, didn't yeah. build her brand on the backs of Goop. Yeah, She's yeah, such yeah, a I... fucking liar. Hypocrite. Um, my saddest was, God, this is going to be the saddest every time it appears, that that every once in a while column called Shopping with a Scientist. Remember Gerda? What? Gerda's the, the the resident scientist that was hired by Goop who they make just like plug all their crazy oh, stuff. Yeah. And she, because she's like a, a PhD. Poor Gerda. Um, she's a I BS in nutrition. I'm so sorry for Gerda. So if you don't remember, Gerda Endemann is Goop's senior director of science and research. She has a BS in nutrition from Berkeley and a PhD in nutritional biochemistry from MIT. And Goop hired her because legally they needed to, I think. And now she just goes around talking about foam rollers. And it's so sad. Gerda, you're too good for this. So they well, asked. I think foam rollers might be the only thing with like that they sell that are like scientifically sound. Possibly. Uh, they ask her what she always take, like brings with her to a workout or something. And of course, number one is a foam roller. Uh, she loves the mother load vitamin pack. Which I just learned my sister-in-law, who has a baby, um, got a month's supply of the mother load. Wow. She must be rich. Well, she got one month's supply and then stopped taking it. Isn't a one month supply like $400? It's, ni- it's $95. Or not 90 90 uh, And then, let's see. Oh, an ecolo- a cork yoga mat. Um, a weird vibrator that looks like a power drill. Um, some sort of spiky exercise ball. 
and a crystal water bottle. So Gerda. Gerda, what do you like about the crystal water bottle, Gerda, you liar? She says, it's nice knowing that by using a glass water bottle, you're reducing waste and avoiding putting plastic bits into birds' stomachs. It's also nice knowing that you're not drinking BPA flavored water. And if it isn't BPA, it's BPS or something else in the plastic. The only difficult wow. decision is which of the pretty crystals in the glace bottles you want to look at every day. Pink? Crystal clear? The glass bottles are reassuringly solid but not heavy. See, that's what pisses me off. When people are like, I'm a scientist and I'm telling you this and it's like junk science, that is what I don't like. If it's like... This is just my bullshit that I believe in. I'm like, okay. Yeah, but like she's using her degrees as like cover for shilling for these things. Yes. Gerda, do better. Jen Gerda. Gunter just tweeted something exciting. Oh, well, what? I don't know, but she just said. Breaking news. It's just, okay, watch this space. I'll be back with a bang. She always fucking says, watch this space. And then what happens? Eventually, she'll like come out with an article on her blog. But she's like, I've she got, can't. I, I, because I feel like she's activated right now. Like, yeah. I think it's going to have to do, it's going to be about Marianne. It's going to be about vaginas. It's going to be about Everything. Goop. Like, this is going to have to do, like, this isn't her normal run of the mill bullshit. No, because her book comes out, yeah, soon. So it's like, she's ramping up. She's, she's getting ready. She's like in her chrysalis, about to metamorphosize a into a red butterfly. Into, yeah. To skeptical butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, what would you try? Oh, I would try all the different like psychic schools you can go oh, yeah. to because I really believe that I could have like some power if I went to one of these schools. I believe you. Like, I think I'm an intuitive and I also think I'm a psychic. I predicted. Did you see the new Quentin Tarantino movie yet? No, I'm uh, I'm behind. I'm like a week behind on my movies. Uh, don't no spoilers, but no spoilers, but I'll just say this. I knew what was going to happen. Okay. I feel like I know what was going to happen. Well, and I, I told somebody before. Okay. So right. I have proof. Cool. That person, Brian. Okay. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, I haven't seen it. So just so FYI, it's not a spoiler. I, yeah, I have no idea what's gonna happen. I I mean the the typical I would think maybe Sharon Tate doesn't die and she like fights back or Brad Pitt kills Charles Manson or something something to that effect. A revisionist history. Interesting take. Yeah, but who knows? Um, I will be seeing it hopefully within the next few days. I don't know. I'm busy, guys. It's a you know what we're busy. Yeah, I think I'm seeing the farewell tonight. I'm excited. What's that? The Lulu Wong movie about Aquafina and the grandmother's dying. Oh yeah, this was really good. Yeah. Uh, Aquafina is another one. Yeah, she's she's great. She's for young people. I don't think so. She's like in her thirties. She is. Yeah, <laughs> she was like a YouTube star oh, like ten years ago. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, I was like, oh, who's that baby? <laughs> <laughs> she was um in uh the Crazy Rich Asians and um. But she just has one name. Yeah. Yeah, because she started as a YouTube star. But now she's a dramatic actress because of this The Farewell. Wow. Yeah. No, she seems young. I mean, she's a YouTube person, so she's, she's younger than us. Uh, We're in our 30s. We are. I'm further into my 30s than you are. Yeah. Uh, I would try... So they have a uh, an article called Four Fresh Salads That Are Standalone Stars. 
and one of the salads looked really good. It's called kale, cabbage slaw with almonds and dill. Yeah, I did think that looked good too. Um, so I, you know, just got back from vacation. When you're on vacation, you just like don't eat vegetables. So I feel like I really need some salads in my life. Did you eat good food when you were on vacation? Uh, yeah, Lake Tahoe doesn't, it's not like gourmet food, but I had like lots of good, uh, we made, we barbecued carne asada and made um, tacos one night. We had really good burgers. I had fish tacos one night, uh, mm. you know, lakeside, you know, beach food type stuff. Yeah. It was yeah, tasty. Um, oh, also tangentially goop because of me obviously did come out with like a little lake tahoe guide this week which oh, was because of you wasn't as bad as i thought they actually mentioned a restaurant that i actually go to that i just went really to. yeah so i was like all right you know you know a little bit more than i thought you did um but anyway this so okay here's the actual thing i would try is the tip in relationship to this salad so it's a kale cabbage slaw with almonds and dill and then the tip says most grocers will sell you half a cabbage just ask and that is interesting i i don't believe that. i don't believe it maybe like i don't know if, if i went to gelson's like a fancy grocery store maybe if, if i went up to the produce person and said can i buy half a cabbage i don't know what they'll say it's, they said get the fuck out of yeah. our store well anything that they take a knife to automatically goes up like 50 percent. like they charge yeah. more for it yeah. so i feel like you'd be paying for a full cabbage probably i want to what are they going to do with the other half of the cabbage? No one else. No one's going to buy like a already cut up other half of a cabbage. Like it'll get. They'll throw it out. Yeah. Wasteful bastard. I don't know. Yeah. Just buy the whole cabbage. Come on. A What's cabbage is like $2. What yeah. are they afraid of the calories like in yeah. the extra half of a cabbage? <laughs> so that was a curious tip. But then the, the actual salad sounds good. Uh, you do a little Dijon vinaigrette and then some cabbage, kale, an apple, scallions, almonds, and dill. Simple. That's um, nice. A lot of yeah. fiber. I need more fucking good food in my life like healthy food. yeah yeah yeah. because i'm fucked up <laughs> you're just living on weed and tiktok yeah dude i'm fucked up and i'm too old to be living like this hey but it's really fun all right yeah uh what would you buy i would buy da 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 the new Goop Glow Microderm Instant Glow Exfoliator. It's a new product, guys. New product alert. There is a new like mask exfoliator thing. I don't know. Does it hurt? Does it not? Yeah, I thought it, when I clicked on it at first, I thought it was that mask that we already tried that was the exfoliating no. mask. But this is like a tub of like. This, I guess. Yeah, it's like an exfoliating thing, yeah. polishing treatment. And it's really strong. It's air-whipped marshmallow-like formula delivers both physical and chemical exfoliation, instantly polishing away roughness and revealing healthy-looking glowing skin. Not too shabby. Sounds pretty good. And it must be strong because Gwyneth said she only uses it two to three times a week. Wow, and she uses, she uses everything every day. One. Yeah, but how much is it? I do not it's know. It's $125 for a thing. I mean, fair. Yeah, it's, I mean... It's like par for the course. Look, I would almost, I would basically kill for $125 at this point. <laughs> but if I had it to spare, I would buy this. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and there's another great makeup free selfie of Gwyneth. Putting on her shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why not? I love her. I would buy, oh, there's a little article called uh, like 10 things to pack in your beach bag or whatever. And one of them was clean bug spray or bug repellent. Uh, I don't think it's a spray. Yeah, that's by my favorite brand. Patio Oil is your favorite brand? Brand? It, they're the ones who make the Go by Jowl. Oh, cool. So yeah, I got like, when I was up at the lake, I got 
fucking torn up by bugs. I have so many bites on me and I didn't have any bug spray or anything because bug spray smells so gross. We had, we lit one of those, what are those candles, citronella? Yeah. Those are disgusting. Do I think. they work? Not really. I have like several hundred bites all over my body. Oh my God. Um, so next time I'm going to get some of this patio oil and okay. those butt bugs will stay away from my sweet flesh. Yeah. Um, I think that concludes. Yeah, I, fuck. I just had something and I totally forgot what it was that I wanted to say. That weed, man. I know. Aggie, you're, you need to stop. <gasps> Slow down. Get out. So, no, I know. I don't. Yeah, I'm not here to shame anyone. Wait, I did want to say. Okay, whatever. I guess we'll get to it next week. Shit. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, it's flown in one ear and out the other. That's right. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, as Aggie said, and I, I feel the same way, I would kill for $125. Yeah, so, so go to our Patreon. Go to our Patreon. Uh, go to our Teespring, buy some Goop Yourself yeah, merch. Yeah, buy a shirt, buy a mug, you know, treat yourself. Um, and uh, if you like this podcast, go on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it and rate us five stars. Give us a nice review. It really helps people finding the podcast. Yes, um, check out both of our new podcasts. I have High Camp. Aggie has The Experts. Yeah. Um, we're going to put an episode of The Experts up on the feed this week so you can see what it's all about. Yeah, it's about Anna Nicole Smith. Um, it's fascinating, guys. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.